we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Love About Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we're discussing The Matrix Reloaded. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. The Matrix Reloaded is a 2003 American science fiction action film written and directed by the Wachowskis. It is a sequel to The Matrix 1999 and the second installment in The Matrix series. The film premiered on May 7th, 2003 in Westwood, LA, California, and had its worldwide release by Warner Brothers on May 15th, 2003, including a screening out on the uh, competition at the 2003 Keynes Film Festival. The video game Enter the Matrix and the Animatrix, a collection of short animations in, uh, uh, supported and expanded the film's story. We discussed a lot about this in the original Matrix um, review that we had released about a week, maybe two weeks ago, give or take, when this is going to be dropped. You'll get the full review on the Patreon.com slash podcast everyone else will have a revised review. The film received generally positive reviews from the critics engrossed $739.4 million, breaking the Terminator 2 Judgment Day's record um, and becoming the highest grossing film, rated R film of all time until Deadpool surpassed it in 2016. A direct sequel titled The Matrix Revolutions was released six months later um, in November 2003. So it's kind of unusual for most movies to have this kind of schedule back to back, but um, they knew that they wanted the Reloaded and Revolutions to come out, I guess, in the same year. Um, So what it sounds like is they had the same vigorous type of schedule of like a, um, a really high budget television show. And so the reason that we're talking about the Matrix in the first place is mostly because, well, we have the Matrix uh, 4 coming out, I believe, at the end of this year, hopefully, give or take um, the situation out there and the crazy world of scheduling these days. It's all it's really hard to predict. But I want to say that at least in the U.S., we're supposed to have the Matrix Resurrections or something like that come out in, in the four number four which would be at the end of this year so anyways um basically everything is the same about these three movies you know written by the wachowskis directed by them um produced by joel silver starring keanu fishbourne carrie ann moss hugo weaving jay and pickett smith i think this is the movie they pick up jay and pickett smith and then gloria foster um she was also in the first one as well Cinematography by Bill Pope, uh, edited by Zach Stenberg. Uh, same same person that does music on all three, Don Davis, and uh, same distrib- distribution companies, uh, Warner Brothers. And the original one was released in 99, March t- uh, 24th, 99. And the second one was followed, I believe, what is that, four years later, May 7th, 2003, which is I think is a good time for at least... Uh, the, the U.S. to have a movie of this magnitude drop. It's, it's a, it feels like a big summer release. This is something I would want to see in the summer. I remember being probably too young to watch this at the time. Um, so I never saw this in theaters. 
but uh, I have a running time very similar to the first one of 138 minutes. What is that? About two, a little over two hours. Um, was that two hours, 15 minutes ish, something like that? Uh, and it's the longest running matrix thus far. And uh, it had a budget of about 127 to 150 million, bringing back in the box office a whopping 739 million dollars, which people uh, really were receptive to this second movie coming out because they had been starved for um, The Matrix for a while. So I got to say that um, I might have some like uh, uh, hot takes about this movie that might uh not some people might not be so crazy about and so i just want to put that into perspective that uh i think that the matrix reloaded has a perfect balance for good and for bad of the first movie and the second movie sorry first movie and the third movie the uh the matrix original was was uh, an excellent blend of what was it like sci-fi action uh with uh you know the mix of the dystopian future meets you know kung fu uh, uh hong kong action cinema and uh, you know having some really amazing action to go along with, with it it felt like a really uh, a, a low concept movie that required um you know your full attention to understand what was going on and so going into the second one it's when they start to blend what kind of feels like they go a little bit up their own ass of you know what is the the real world kind of concept versus um you know being able to understand uh you know what is the real world versus the matrix and how you can bend reality and stuff like that and what ultimately is important that type of thing i feel like this is the movie where they didn't exactly have it fully planned out because at the end of this movie it, it absolutely feels that this should have been um it is a part one of a uh, two-part story at the end of this one so the reason the first one feels revolutionary in the way that it's not only filmed, the cinematography, the, the feel, the look, the story, it feels all uh, new in ways that we hadn't seen in a long time, uh, if ever. And I think uh, alongside of uh, the world building, the, the way that it felt like there was an ending an end goal in this it feels like the second and third movies i won't talk too much about the third movie because we haven't really talked about the third movie that much but the third this the second one specifically feels like it's very much hooked on needing to be on to the third movie and uh there is we are in two different headspaces honestly from the beginning of the film uh, film franchise to the ending of the film franchise of revolutions and it's mostly comes down to they kind of take away what i honestly think is the most interesting parts of the matrix and it's so much of them like having to you know get out of the matrix although that's honestly one of the most interesting parts of being in there but also they're having to uh always one up themselves with 
the action as well. So when there's these action scenes that are increasingly more and more interesting. So you have to one up yourself almost every time because not everyone wants to see the same type of hand to hand combat. It's it's relatively boring to have the same type of action in every single scene um, come up so that they have to be creative. And the more creative they got, the more they had to uh, use their budget to kind of expand the world of what Neo was allowed to do. And I think that's kind of where they lost a lot of the fans uh, with the rules of the world. I think the rules of the world were already stretched a lot at the beginning and at the beginning of uh, uh, sorry, at the beginning, at the by the end of the Matrix 99, the Matrix 2 was like you have to one up yourself with all the things you've done. And a lot of the Matrix 99 was done practical or at least with very fancy uh, camera work um, that the other two movies lack some of the most important parts that we as the audience find interesting, you know, um, the, I'll, I'll go into why the revolutions, I think, kind of goes into what I'm going to say is like prequel territory. Although I was talking to a buddy recently that said he enjoyed revolutions and it had been a while since he had seen it. I can see how you would probably enjoy the the grandiose scale that they're trying to have in revolutions. But ultimately, uh, it's unsatisfying to, to be uh, short and not give too much information about the third movie. So, uh, yeah, we have all of the same players behind the scenes. They have bumped up the budget from 63 million to uh, about 127 to 150 so they've pretty much doubled it and you can certainly see with uh, the effects that are going on I mean it's insane so uh, and I think that they were really pushed for having some crazy special effects that had never been done before so here is the spoilers. So as we hop into the spoiler section for what is this? The uh, Matrix Reloaded. Um, I just want to say off the top that um, first of all, thank you to everyone that has subscribed. We've gotten some new subscribers on YouTube. Um, I'll be sure to um, check out the names and shout those individuals out at the end of the podcast. Um, I gotta say, I'm going to give this movie a seven out of 10. The original was eight out of 10. I originally had a little bit higher, but I realized that the, the romantic plot didn't have me moved in ways that I didn't, that, that were, you know, pulling tears or anything like that. You know, I wasn't like, (laughs) you know, I wasn't feeling like this was the end all be all at the end of the matrix and with love kind of being the answer is what it felt like at that. I was like, come on, we, we, we let's stray away from that. Let's have something a little bit more physical and tangible. So yeah, this movie is going to have a seven out of 10 for me, the matrix reloaded. Let's hop into the spoiler section.
Again, the full podcast is available on patreon.com slash podcast. You can also find the library, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch, all of the ways you can support the podcast, luckydogpodcast.com. Forgive me, it's a little bit late in the day, so I'm trying to, I'm fighting through, the, I'm fighting through that five o'clock slump. I'm always, I'm one of the ones susceptible to that. Okay. A little bit of cup of joe. Oh. Rough day for crypto, isn't it? All right, so. Here's the plot. Six months after the events of the Matrix, Neo and Trinity are now romantically involved. Morpheus receives a message from Captain Niobe. Niobe. Sorry, I'm going to get the names wrong. It's been like three weeks since I've seen this. Um, but I, I remember the general stuff. So Captain Niobe of the Logos uh, calling an emergency meeting of all ships of Zion. Zion has confirmed the last of the transmission of the Osir Osiris. An army of sentinel squiddy looking things is tunneling towards Zion and will reach it within 72 hours. Commander Locke orders all ships to return to Zion to prepare for the onslaught but Morpheus acts, acts, asks one ship to remain to contact the Oracle. The Catechus, the I think, receives a message from the order, Oracle. One of the Catechus's crew, Bane, encounters Smith, Agent Smith, who's played by Hugo Weaver. And who I thought died at the beginning, at the end of 99's Matrix, but I, I will continue. Who reveals that his previous encounter with Neo severed his connection with the Matrix and has made him a rogue program. Okay, so this is what happened. Then absorbs his avatar. Smith then uses the line to leave the Matrix and gain control of Bane's real body. And this is just the beginning of Reloaded. In Zion, Morpheus announces the news of the advancing machines to the people in the Matrix. Neo meets the Oracle's bodyguard, Seraph, who leads him to her. After realizing that the Oracle is part of the Matrix, Neo asks how he can trust her. He replies that this is his decision. The Oracle instructs Neo to reach the source of the Matrix with the help of the Keymaker. As the Oracle departs, Smith appears, telling Neo that after being defeated, he refused to be deleted. I guess he can do that and is now a rogue program so he's a crazy anti-norton virus doing his crazy own bidding and shit like that i don't i don't know 
Mr. Anderson. He demonstrates his ability to clone himself using his other inhabitants of the Matrix, including other agents as hosts. Then tries to absorb Neo. He has this like thing, it's like, you know, got like this effect going all over him. I will, I, I don't want to bash this movie for having spotty effects because I think most of the effects were probably pretty remarkable for its day. When the fighting gets a little bit crazy and, and just they're flying everywhere, which is what Neo's literally flying at the end of 99 Matrix, which might have been a misfire, probably shouldn't have had him been doing that because it ends up becoming uh, a, an all out drag out Dragon Ball Z shit by the end of it. So um, it becomes almost incomprehensible as the Man of Steel. Uh, what was it? Was it the Man of Steel and Zod fight? I think that it's by Warner Brothers as well. It's same same to uh, production company, I believe. So yeah, I, it becomes too much. You could probably do a side by side comparison and be like, yeah, this is too much. Um, okay. So sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. So he tries to absorb Neo. He's like, and he fails it. Neo puts the kibosh on him, um, prompting a battle between him and Smith clones and Neo. This is when it was impressive to have one or two of the same individuals in the same scene, such as like having like two Hugo weavings in the same scene. I think I remember seeing how they did that, you know, just kind of cut the scene in half and have green screen on left side, all that fancy stuff. And basically he records the scene twice. It was impressive to see this, and I think a lot of it holds up, uh, especially them having uh, almost to the point of when they're having too much CGI. I was like, all right, this is clearly not uh, Hugo waving. This is a, a CGI stand in. I was still impressed from the fact of uh, this was 2003, so they probably worked on this around 2001, 2002. And uh, yeah, I. I I was impressed for for that time, but you know they could probably go in and re-edit some of these to make it feel a little bit less weightless and stuff like that. Because I think the ultimate problem coming from the Matrix '99 to the final movie is that it becomes less and less not realistic, but it, it it's not even the actual actors really doing anything. It's all the CGI. Um, yeah, so. Let's see. And I had heard that uh, Neo had given the majority of his pay of Reloaded and Revolutions and maybe even the first one as well um, to the special effects guys for how much overtime they had to put in. And originally I was like, you know, Neo, that's a Neo, yeah, Keanu, that's a really nice thing to do. And I've heard he's a nice guy. But also going back and watching these, I'm like, uh Keanu's hardly even doing anything I mean so I can see why he would feel a little bit more obligated to I mean it's not like he's hardly any doing anything but there's a lot of scenes where it was like clearly not Keanu as opposed to it was in the first one like he puts in so much work in the first one um that it's kind of like all right now now we're going to what feels like a video game cutscene in um the final two and again this might be just my 
my personal issue you might not see this type of issue with the final two you might enjoy the fighting more i know two has some good fights especially on the highway highway especially with morpheus but that last movie the last hour of the movie of this series first three is kind of just disappointing for me so let's kind of continue with uh trying to talk about the good things about the second movie so um so yeah for for the time that it was created it was impressive especially having the double having doubled clones having multiple people in the scene with uh multiple hugo weavings in the scene um without uh without the actual fights happening because that's when the fights start happening is when the cgi gets crazy and it starts going full video game mode or whatever the hell um so let me see what else we got uh Okay, so Hugo Weaving's character, Mr. Smith, is, um, yeah, he's, he's a rogue program. <clears throat> he demonstrates his ability to clone himself using other inhabitants of the Matrix, including other agents as hosts, which it looks like we don't have the same agents from the first one at all. I like the side goons that they had going with mr smith I, I was kind of disappointed we didn't have that again um he then tries to absorb neo but fails between but fails prompting a battle between uh, smith clones and neo and when they keep on bringing more clones in for neo to start fighting it's like neo is just slinging this thing around going fucking crazy and just uh, you know jumping around he plants this thing in the middle and he's like -do 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 -do, and doing some just just nonsense i was just like uh this is ridiculous at this point and we know he can fly we, we he has almost unlimited abilities at the end of the matrix 99 so it's like why even why even stand there i don't i don't know but once again neo uh just whoops some fucking ass and uh i don't think i mentioned this in the first one's review but neo is like if you reword it is like an anagram or whatever it's is that it called an anagram but the is one neo is reworded as one you know whatever so obviously he is the one um so uh yeah we fight the smith clones neo manages to defend himself but is forced to retreat from the increasingly overwhelming numbers um neo morpheus trinity visit uh the marrow the marrow vegan which is uh, uh i guess is a place i think this is a list of characters from the Matrix universe. Many of the characters listed here in the names reflect certain aspects of them, such as status, personality, role. Okay, I don't know. Who is imprisoning the Keymaker? The Mirror, the Mirror Vegan, a rogue program with his own agenda, refuses to let him go. His wife, uh, Persephone, or Persephone, I don't know how the fuck to say her name, um, and she's looking bad, not gonna lie. Seeking revenge on her own husband for his infidelity leads the trio to his um to the keymaker. Morph which kinda doesn't really make sense, and then he like forgives her later. I don't I don't know. I I was confused with some of the storytelling in this one, and granted I could have had my phone out, I'm not gonna lie, so take it easy. But what I did see 
was this didn't feel like a natural progression although she was just like it felt very obvious like she, she was going against him and he was expecting it it just felt kind of predictable in a way and to be honest this whole side subplot with him like having like this eating the pie and going in this lady's vagina or whatever the hell's going on digitally i was like what the hell's going on around here so um that's why i was like this second movie is starting to feel what the first one felt like a revolutionary science fiction action movie this one the second movie is starting to feel more like a b action uh television show at that point unfortunately with like the highest production acting and the highest production uh, directing but the writing of these subplots and these side side characters just was like what the hell's going on and why is this even relevant to what anything we had been learning in the first movie so it felt like very uh very much like a video game go meet the guy to get the guy to get the thing to do the thing to unlock the key to do the, you know that type of thing so um and i know i'm gonna get some pushback on that i know people are gonna be like hey this was have a movie about the game all right well maybe it worked with you but i was just like this doesn't feel natural to me and i, I wasn't like wasn't keen about it um so she goes against her husband shows him to the key maker morpheus trinity and the key maker flee with uh while neo holds off the mirror vegans mirror vegans i think i'm saying that wrong but whatever chief's uh henchmen the twins so these twins are like these fucking like ghostbusters looking ass like albino uh they, with like white dudes that have dreads and they turn into ghosts from like ghostbusters 2 library or ghostbusters 1 library or whatever the hell that was and they're like and i think that uh is this the one where they have the fucking like uh, the swords and stuff like that i think i think it is gonna be two seconds Do the twins have the, uh, I think the twins do have the, uh, fight on the, do, 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 do. hmm, oh, they have the daggers, yeah, and then Morpheus fights them with the, uh, the swords, okay, now, now, now I remember, sorry, it, it's been a, a few, little bit since I've seen this, um, yeah, they have the daggers and Morpheus has a sword, and it becomes one of, the, some of the coolest stuff that you've seen in, <laughs> yeah it is some white guys with like dreads oh my gosh oh my gosh it's it's rough oh gosh anyways some of the cosplay they got on here is pretty funny so anyways uh the twins go after him. after a long chase um after a long chase trinity escapes morpheus defeats the twins and morpheus is a badass lawrence fishborn is still in some of the best condition uh fighting that he's in in most media that i can think of in this movie and he's still a badass um morpheus always need more morpheus um so after a long chase journey escapes morpheus defeats the twins and the fighting's cool not gonna lie because the, the twins have these different abilities to like to uh to turn like transparent of some sort and reappear type thing i don't know the the powers in this entire franchise are all over the wall it's like you choose the power kind of i don't know so um uh morpheus defeats the twins and neo saves morpheus in the key maker from agent johnson um 
and that's after like a really fucking long chase like highway vigilante type shit it, it's it's some fucking like next level action shit I, i'm kind of surprised that they kind of skip around this but um yeah i was like the fighting that morpheus is doing on top of the uh the trucks badass the um the twins fighting and trying to get them uh get the key maker on top of there hugo weaving all of it is fucking insanity um and then uh neo eventually shows up and this when neo's flying it's some of the coolest stuff you've ever seen it's straight up superhero straight up uh uh what is it man of steel super superman like when he's flying like the rain goes a thousand different directions and stuff like that and he's got like sometimes laws and physics applied to him but i was just like all right fun time anyway don't ask don't tell policy and i gotta say it's around the middle of reloaded i think it starts to go downhill a little bit but let's continue the cruise of the Nebuchadnezzar. I, I think I'm saying that wrong, but I'm just going to call it the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Vigilante and Logos help the Keymaker and Neo reach the source. The Logos crew must destroy a plant. Sorry, a power plant. And the Vigilante crew must uh, disable a, a backup power station to prevent a security system from being triggered. Allow, sorry, allowing Neo to open up the door to the source. Haunted by a vision of Trinity's death, which he's been having this vision, I think, the entire movie. And I do think I forgot to mention at the very beginning the like the rave, the like, like rave with everybody like going nuts at uh, Zion and some pretty hot sex going on with Carrie Ann Moss and uh neo and he's also having these like visions of her like flying off of a building getting shot at by um i think it's like smith or something like that but we'll continue uh and you always kind of think about when smith is taking over the bodies of people and neo's having to fight that person or that body a agent smith just jumps right out and that person dies and he's and smith is another person so it's like how the fuck do you defeat this guy Especially when he jumped him and jumped in him in the first movie, and fucking exploded his ass, like Ant Man and Thanos's ass. <laughs> oh my goodness! So um, the uh, so yeah. To be honest, I, I thought this this subplot of uh, having the key maker do all this to open up the doors and EO does a thing feels like a lot. I was like, my goodness, can y'all make this a little bit easier for me? Uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> we dumb. <laughs> um, the logo succeeds while the vigilante is destroyed by a sentinel while everyone aboard perishing. Yay. Trinity uh, replaces the vigilante crew and completes their mission. No, it's not a yay. <laughs> um, however, Agent Thompson corners her and they fight uh okay as uh neo morpheus and keymaker try to reach the source the smiths ambush them and this is when this is just like 
I think it's like tons of them again. It's like, oh God, here, here comes the multiplies again. The keymaker unlocks the door to the source, but the smiths shoot him dead as he closes the door. And it's one of those things where someone always has to die in these movies. And to be honest, we don't really know him that well. And everyone that has died in this has come back almost, uh, with the exception of the side, or sorry, the co-stars in the first movie. But if you're on the main main roster, you're good. <laughs> Um, whether you're Hugo Weaving, you're Carrie Ann Moss, or Neo, seem to be okay. So the Keymaker, we just didn't really spend enough time with him, you know. We didn't really care about him. Uh, and he helps them with a few different times when they're fighting on the buses on the highways and stuff like that. But, I mean, we don't really know him. He's just like a nice little old man. And I gotta say... The aesthetic and colors in the first one seem to be so much more relevant and I felt like more methodically placed. And I didn't think the camera work in this, the action's obviously impressive, I'm not going to deny that, but like the, the look of, uh, you know, Morpheus, the iconography of the first movie doesn't seem to translate nearly as much in the second or third one, in my opinion, with the exception of, you know, what they're wearing. It, it really stays the same. But like even thinking about it, I'm like, say the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions, the name itself, I know I'm going to get pushed back for this, but it's like the Matrix Reloaded that immediately tells me that they don't really care about sci-fi elements of this movie as much as I thought they would. They think this is much more of a action film and an action franchise than it is a sci-fi franchise. That and therefore it feels like it. Just we need to double down on all the crazy shit we did in the first one, and it does double down on some of the more. Uh, methodical things that they're talking about in the script about regarding like real life and stuff like that uh you know metaphors for real life and being in the real world and whatnot but to be honest i'm just like mm, i i think you took the wrong message the matrix reloaded just sounds like automatically it's all about the guns all about the action oh we back you know it's it's not really taking the more thoughtful things about the plot and and really making it that much more interesting i feel like it's kind of just making the plot more convoluted for the for a kind of like a no reason thing and the more that i was watching the reloaded and revolutions movies the more i realized that they really want to be star wars um i knew that the matrix was kind of like a sort of like the force and morpheus is sort of like obi-wan and you know, there's kind of like a Yoda-esque character for the Oracle. And, you know, you got Carrie Ann Moss. I, I've talked about the, the similarities to uh, the Matrix in the original one. But this one even feels more, more or less like it. But not exactly for, like, the good things about it. And so, like I said, the iconography of the first movie does not translate to the second one. Um, if I... 
if I recall correctly. There's only like one or two scenes, I think. So I think it's when he meets the, the architect is when it really becomes kind of memorable. But honestly, the architect doesn't feel like that great of a guy, honestly, or great of an, uh, a character that we can get behind. So it's like, who exactly are we rooting for at this point? Besides Neo and the, the humans. Um, what's the ultimate go? So um, the keymaker unlocks the door to the source, but the smiths shoot him dead as he closes the door. So yes, we were sad for like two seconds. Neo meets a program called the Architect, uh, the creator of the Matrix, who explains that as the one, Neo is himself an intentional part of the design of the Matrix, uh, which is now in its sixth iteration which I don't think I caught that the first time, but there's a lot of like side information that I kind of needed to go back and look at like this. Neo is meant to stop the Matrix's fatal system crash that naturally occurs to the concept of human choice within it. Well, that's not confusing as hell or anything like that. But um, so he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's meant to be the one. As with the five previous ones, Neo has a choice either to return to the source to reboot the Matrix and pick survivors to repopulate the soon to be destroyed Zion. As his predecessors did or refuse causing the Matrix to crash and killing everyone connected to it, which eh, that doesn't sound all that great either. Which combined with the pending destruction of Zion would mean humanity's extinction. Oh. Um, so he has to sit there and think about that for he's like, wait, what? No. Yeah, um, I think that Keanu's acting in this is exactly what it needs to be. It needs to be the human avatar for us to be like, this is a crazy thing, this is a crazy world. Um, and these are the these are the people that we have to take care of, kind of thing, I guess. And uh, he ultimately is a good guy. I don't think that despite him like selling hacking, hacking stuff and hacked Amazon fire sticks um, in the first movie that uh, I, he seems like he's probably a good guy. Um, OK, so which also brings to the thing is like the architect's kind of an ass. So. um Neo learns of Trinity's situation and chooses to save her instead of returning to the source uh, to which the architect responds dismissively. Trinity is shot as she and Agent Thompson fall off a building. Oh, it's Agent Thompson. Agent Thompson fall off a building. Before he hits, uh, she hits the ground, Neo catches her and then removes the bullet from her heart and revives her. They return to the real world where sentinels attack them. I gotta say, him pulling the bullet out, doing all that, it's just like, he can do whatever he wants, so it feels like it takes away the stakes of the movie. And so, how many times can can they die 
in this world or not and die in this in the real world um and then be and they be okay i just have like i need to count how many times but i feel like they all someone dies in each of these movies and someone comes back in, in each of these movies as well um at least the first two <laughs> uh so let me see the uh Trinity is shot as she falls out of him before she hits the ground. Neo catches her, and, the, and, and it's it's a cool it's a cool shot of them going down the building. It's like you know the camera keeps on going. It's got the long shots, really cool editing. Always keeps you on your toes. Don't want to say anything about that. I just gotta say the stakes are kind of lowered when that happens. So they revive her. They return to the real world where sentinels attack them. The squids. The Nebuchadnezzar is uh destroyed but the crew escape neo displays a new ability to display real world machines with his thoughts but falls into a coma from the effort this was a really cool like these are not the deletes uh straight up using the force on the squiddy things that are like trying to get them um so obviously we're like holy shit the third movie is going to be so dope. Can't wait for him to do that on all the squids. Um, which is obviously what you want. So he displays his new ability, falls into a coma. The crew are picked up by another ship, the Hammer. Its captain, Roland, is, uh, reveals the other ships were wiped out by the machines. After someone prematurely activated an EMP, and that only one survivor was found, the Smith possessed Bane. And that is The Matrix Reloaded, 2003. Let me know how I can improve. Let me know what you thought about. The Matrix Reloaded, the second movie. Did the action hold up for you? Did the movie go in a direction that felt natural that you wanted? After four years, I do feel that the musical styles of action movies and science fiction had changed. And I felt like the first one had these action beats and these musical cues that went along with that correlated with each other so when they were faction it was like oh shit <laughs> that i didn't get with the second one and the second one became so much more grandiose self-important i guess that i didn't love it in that way but let me see if there's any additional information we can add to this that might help us understand what's going on. So The Matrix Reloaded was uh, largely filmed in Australia at the Fox Studios down there in 2001, ended in 2002. Um, let's see. Concurrently, while filming the sequel, Revolutions, the freeway chase bra and the burly bra, the freeway chase and the burly bra scenes were filmed at the dis decommissioned Naval Air Station, Alamanda, California. The producers constructed a 1.5-mile freeway on the old runway, runways specifically for the film. Some of the portions of the chase were 
also filmed in Oakland, California. And the tunnel shown briefly is the Webster tube. Hmm. Connects to Oakland to Alamanda. Let me see what else we have. Let me see what else we got. Some of the visual effects information. Following the success of the previous film, the Wachowskis came up with an extremely difficult action sequences, such as the burly brawl scene, which Neo had to fight a hundred Agent Smiths. To develop technology for the film, Warner Brothers launched ESC Entertainment. The ESC team tried to figure out how to bring the Wachowskis vision to the screen. But because bullet time required arrays of carefully aligned cameras and months of planning, which is crazy because we can probably do all this stuff with like a couple 360 cameras a day, uh, even for a brief scene featured two or three actors, a scene like the burly brawl seemed almost nearly impossible as uh, envisioned and could take years to compose. Eventually, John Gaeta realized that the technology in his crew that he and his crew had developed for the Matrix's bullet time was no longer sufficient and concluded that they needed a virtual camera. In other words, a simulation for a camera. This is on Wikipedia. Having before used real photographs of buildings as textured for 3D models in the Matrix, the team started digitalizing all sorry, digitizing all data, uh, such as scenes, characters, motions, or even the re uh, reflectivity of Neo's cassock. What the hell is that? Cassock. Oh, it's his uh, attire. Uh, the, re the reflectivity of objects needs to be captured and simulated adequately. And Paul Dibovec Ekdal captured uh, reflectance of the human face uh, and Bolshevik's work, which uh, work was strongly based on the findings of Dijibik et al. They developed universal capture, a process which samples and stores facial details and expressions at high resolution. It's kind of crazy. Um, so it looks like they had to develop like brand new types of technology and brand new types of cinematography um, to capture all of this. I said the final, final thing. Um, let's see anything else. I think that's just about it. So let's see. Rotten Tomatoes. It holds an approved rating at seventy-three percent, two hundred forty-five reviews, average score of six point eight out of ten for the site's critical consensus. It says, though its heady themes are a, a departure from its predecessor. The Matrix Reloaded is a worthy sequel with popcorn family thrills. Sorry, fa family. Friendly thrills. It's not for the family. <laughs> and I gotta say, the body horror in this, um, this second movie was not nearly as intense as the first movie, I gotta say. Like, the first one, there's like bug things crawling in his belly button and people getting turned into hugo weaving which is horrifying enough and it looks painful <laughs> i mean it, it it was you know one of those things oh wow ying wu ping oh wow okay 
All right, everyone. So we're gonna hop on out of here. Oh, let's see what let's see what they have right here. Positive comments from the critics included uh, accommodations for the quality and intensity of its action sequences. In his intelligence, Tony Toscano of Talking Pictures had high praise for the film, saying its character development and writing is so crisp it crackles on the screen. And uh, The Matrix Reloaded reestablishes the genre and even raises the bar a notch or two above the first film, The Matrix. Roger Ebert of Chicago Sun-Times also comment, uh, commended the film, giving it three and a half stars out of four, describing it as immensely skillful sci-fi adventure, combining the usual elements of heroes and villains, special effects and stunts, chase chases and explosions, romance and oratory, and praised that the fact it develops its uh, world with more detail than the first movie was able to afford gives uh, us our first glimpse of underground human develops uh, its world with more detail than the first movie was able to afford, which gives us our first glimpse of the, uh, sorry, I, I, which gives us our first glimpse of Zion. So, um, yeah yeah it's uh it is crazy it is crazy the uh the reception well it's not crazy i honestly i could see people loving this back in the day and i think i i don't think i love it but i'd be like this is a crazy good this is a good ass movie um and my expectations for the third one would be through the roof i'd be like the possibilities are endless so uh be sure to check out the matrix revolution review we are going to discuss it very soon and it should be available for the patreon members patreon.com slash look it podcast it's going to be available there first thank you for listening watching look it podcast take it easy tomorrow the war could be over isn't that worth fighting for isn't that worth dying for